Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host Tim Picararo and Megan Finnan. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello and welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host Tim. And I'm Megan. And we are so glad you can join us as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So here we are, episode... 42. That's right. Yeah. 42. Episode 42, and... Uh, pretty pumped about this episode because um, we are going to be sharing um, a little bit on the topic of your unmistakable creative, um, which is something I don't think a lot of people talk about. Nope. And it's like your unmistakable creative or and or your inner genius, because that's like that deep stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and as it relates to being a leader, too, because there are people that are in leadership spots that they just know they need to know how to lead people. Like you can do it with your family. You can do it with um, just at your workplace, right? Mm-hmm. You can do it with your community, things that you're trying to do, but just leading those efforts. So for yourself or in a leadership role. Right. And not just um, leading those people, but different ways where you can draw out their inner genius and really helping to get the best that your people have to offer. So before we get in to this episode, I have a random question for is Tim. It, is it an inner genius question? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. But I am really interested to see how you answer this question. I'm really interested in seeing what the question is to see if I'm interested in answering it. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Okay, go. Okay. So, Tim, mm-hmm. if you had three wishes three. and you can't wish for more wishes, okay. what would you wish for? Well, because I'm a hard work person, it's like it's hard for me to think about wishes. Okay. So if I had three wishes. Just get creative. <laughs> See what I did there. Tap into your unmistakable creative, Tim, <laughs> and your inner genius. So you did do that kind of in a way. A little bit. That's pretty good. Um, three wishes, and I can't wish for more wishes. All right. So I would first, okay, so wish number one would be that people would literally be willing to leave their point of view to hear another person's point of view. That's wish one. Okay. Wish number two, that people would stop pretending um, that um, they don't have any biases. And, okay. and literally, like, the way people do stuff where they're like, hey, no, this is not bias. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it just comes from their place of comfort. That people would, so I guess that kind of goes along with number one, but it still mm-hmm. feels like a number two to me. Mm-hmm. So they would just kind of break free from that. And then I think wish number three for me would be that there would be a tremendous amount of focus and effort and attention given to... Um, just uh, generations like people that are coming up, like people would live intentionally 
for who's coming behind them, mm-hmm. not just what's convenient for them now. So I think it's really interesting how you answered that question when it tells a lot about the kind of person that you are. And you always talk about how your main focus is people, because I think that you answered that probably how about 5% of people would answer it. You didn't answer it like, well, I would want to have this and I would want to do this. And, you know, it wasn't self-focused. It was people focused. So I think that's really cool. Well, cool. I just can't imagine anything else. I know. Like, it's what I think about all the time. I know. I just think it shows you're unique. You're unmistakable. Well, there you go. Yeah. And so on this whole unmistakable um, thing, um, inspired by Mr. Srini Rao. So I encourage you guys to go read his book. Um, He has a podcast as well. But um, I always was the person. And if you listen to the episodes in the beginning, like uh, before you and I kind of joined forces, I talk a lot about how. I, I really, you know, understood what it was like to be a chameleon. And I think all of us have chameleon in us, but we've got to get to a point where we stop taking color only and we put color back. And so I learned as I was growing up the benefit of learning and, and it's okay to borrow for a season, but eventually you got to get to the point where, you know, who are you and what do you have and what do you want? I've always been fascinated by, whether you believe in some intelligent design or whatever your thoughts are, is there a mastermind creator? Do you call him God? Do you not? I believe it's God. It was in, we were intentionally made and we have uniquenesses to us. Um, and how the fingerprint, like, it's like, that's the thing. Like no one has one like mine, mm-hmm. you know, out of all the people in the world, it's like, they're not the same. They have a database. If you get fingerprinted, it's going to be obvious it's you mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter who else's thumbprint. There's never been a, the exact same fingerprint, but from what I was looking at in his book and then how I literally got into this study afterward where he shared about 99% of our 99.9% of our DNA is exactly the same as human beings. But this 0.1% is totally different. It's never been, you know, right. other than your life right now, and it never will be again. And that is where this unmistakable is. This is where this inner genius part is. So it kind of goes along with the fingerprint for me, which fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And so then I wonder, like, why are we focusing so much on all the similarities that we share? And why are we not focused more on the differences that we have that we can bring to the table, not just to... um you know, say I'm better than you, greater than you or anything like that. It's just more of a, hey, I can add this to your 0.1%. And I really believe it's this small number. So it's like math. If you move a decimal, it's it's amazing. One-tenth of a position changes your experience. Mm-hmm. If it was money and you had a dime and you move the decimal, mm-hmm. you get a dollar, right? Right. And then you can move that again and you're in hundreds, you mm-hmm. know, so tens, hundreds, thousands, right? Those positions, it's amazing how that decimal can move. So I wonder if we could multiply those 0.1%. And so it was something that moved me so much that I've been doing a talk, mm-hmm. a, you know, several times now on this whole thing of inner genius, how, how teams can tap into it. Leaders can, you know, help to cultivate that. But mostly it's for an individual to understand 
that you belong here, you're missing and you're necessary. And there's this 0.1% that you could tap into. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, bringing in the whole idea of leadership and teamwork, it's really important when you're looking at a team and you're building a team. I think there's a tendency for people, you know, like attracts like. So you have this idea of, you know, you end up hiring people who are similar to you and you might surround yourself with people who have the same ideas as you, maybe who look like you. And so I think that there is this value as a leader to make sure that when you're looking at your team, yes, there have to be certain policies and procedures and guidelines, and you all need to be have these goals and be moving towards those goals, and all have you know this common this idea for you know the the result of the whole and how do we get there. But I think sometimes we miss the fact that as much as it's important uh, to say like, yes, we're all the same, we're all human beings, you know, we all, um, you know, we all bleed red, you know, so those are those are those things. Let's also make sure that we're not forgetting those differences that people have and that we're not just not forgetting them, but we're celebrating them and we're elevating them and we're giving people the opportunity to bring their unique perspective, which is, you know, a combination of all their life experiences to the table. So it's this great sort of mix of knowing that we're all moving in the same direction, being intentional and making sure that we have different types of views, but not just stopping there, digging deeper into that unmistakable. Yeah. And I think when it comes to a team dynamic, what you're able to accomplish is just incredible. If you look at the Chicago Bulls in the 80s, you know, Michael Jordan, and I'm just going to name three, but Jordan, Dennis Rodman, and Scottie Pip, Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. they were just so different. Mm-hmm. You know, Dennis Rodman was like this freak <laughs> of nature to me. I loved him. Yeah, he was incredible. He was just, I mean, everybody in the NBA now almost seems like they're, you know, tatted up. They all have sleeves, full sleeves, neck right. tattoos. Everything. He was doing that back then. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Dude was pierced. He'd take out, you know, I know this is an exaggeration, <laughs> like 20 piercings <laughs> before he ever got on the court. Right. Yeah. His hair was always different colors. Mm-hmm. Right. But these guys just, they, they, they brought their unmistakable gift to mm-hmm. the game, their uniqueness. And they found a way to make those work. And that's why it's a team that is, always going to be just memorable. Mm-hmm. It's it's marked in history. Yeah. And I think we need more of that. And it doesn't have to be something, you know, if we're going to apply this to a business, right? So if it's a company, it doesn't have to have the global reach and effect of Google or mm-hmm. or Apple. It could be done on a small level. Mm-hmm. Like give me five people that are willing to tap into their own inner genius and they're unmistakable. And give me those guys. Right. And what could we do together? If we can share, though, obviously, we want to have a mindset that we can share in goals and values, right? Mm-hmm. But if we could, like, like step on the court together, and, and what could we, like, actually do? And recognize that just because you're getting out there together as a group, um, to borrow from one of your presentations, I mean, you still want to, even within that group setting, you're still you know, living a life in which you're unapologetically yourself, where you're turning up the volume to 10 on who you are and how you show up in the world. So it is, yes, I'm a part of this team, but I'm still myself and I'm still bringing all of me into this situation. Right. Because you don't want to shortcut that volume. You mm-hmm. want to push it out there. And I like that 10. It's like, it reminds me of, uh, you ever see, I never asked you this before, but you ever see Spinal Tap? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like this his one amp goes to it 11. goes to eleven. <laughs> you know, and I'm a guitar player, so I know an amp is like eleven. Like, <laughs> doesn't go to ten; it no. goes to eleven. Oh, so, it. like, that's that thing. Like, turn the knob. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're only going to learn. So here's what I've here's what I found out is that, you know, sometimes we are too loud. We can be loud, though. It's not just with being boisterous. It's not even with uh, just being showy, right, or mm-hmm. extroverted. I think we're also, we can be loud, loud with being set in our ways. We can be loud with, um, you know, um, I don't know, being overly biased for ourselves and what works for us in our own opinion. We could be loud with our silence, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so in that, the 10 is learn from the 10, like, right. don't be afraid of that. Crank that thing up mm-hmm. so you can figure it out and, you know, and make adjustments. You're never going to know until you turn it up. Right. I mean, you know, you ever, have you ever done that in your car? Have you ever just like, <laughs> I wonder how loud I can play this song? Uh, yes. Without distorting it. Yeah. It's pretty loud. Pretty loud. Isn't it? <laughs> isn't, isn't that great though? When you're just grooving, you know what I mean? Well, we need that in our lives and I yeah. feel like that's what it gives to us. So Think about it like in relation to your favorite song mm-hmm. where you feel the, you know, you're in your car, that thing is pumping, you're feeling good. If it's the summertime and it's a summer song and it's just like, just, just that beat is going mm-hmm. and you just feel that and what it does because it's on 10. Right. You know, we yeah. need a little bit more, you know, yeah. some, we need some 10. Yeah. And I mean, and I think just to piggyback on something, you know, you said a few minutes ago is you, you can turn up to 10 and be unapologetically yourself, but you don't need that doesn't mean that you're going to overstep or, you know, push yourself onto somebody else. So with that whole idea of, you know, the unmistakable creative, um, you know, you, you need to also learn to adapt and kind of take what you learn. And even though it's your own, you don't need to nece- necessarily force it on other people. You need to learn to use that as a tool to work with other people. Absolutely. And I have, um, and you know, in the talk, one of the things I like to do is bring up kids in school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and those of you who've listened to this podcast and, you know, I, I apologize and I don't apologize at the same time, but I'm anyone that's known me for any number of years. And I have a very tight inner circle, very, very tight. And they'll tell you, I've said the same things forever. Mm-hmm. And it's because there, I feel like they're principles that are to live by. And, you know, one of the biggest problems we have, like in education, is that kids get answers to remember instead of problems to solve. And so if you look at, you know, this turn this volume up, give people this room to breathe and express and and, and to and to step out, you know, imagine a kid, he's in school and there's math problems given to him. And yes, it's understood. The teacher says, hey, I'm going to test you on this process. Mm-hmm. OK, so you the kid passes the test that follows the process and he gets the answer right. Another kid gets the answer right, but in his mind, he solves it in a different way. But his grade is an F, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So then that kid learns, well, you got to follow the process. We were testing you on the process, not really quote the answer to remember, but Mm -hmm. still you're having your answer to remember was the process instead of the problem to solve, but get the right answer. Right. So then that kid just jumps in line with everyone else or the Mm -hmm. (laughs) 99.9% and he does everything he's supposed to do. He gets older. He sees something he wants to do. He's maybe going to start a business, become an entrepreneur or whatever. And next thing you know, he, or he wants to write a book or a song, but he copies. Right. Because it's the process. Right. 
So someone says, ah, so say he invents quote unquote <laughs> something and he puts it out there in the world. He starts selling it and he gets a letter from somebody that says <laughs> you're being sued right? <laughs> because that's my process yeah. and I patented mm-hmm. that process, right? That's mine. Right. And if you want to do it yourself, you got to find your own way to get to mm-hmm. the same result for you, but you can't use my process anymore. It's like a catch 22. You know what I mean? So the thing that was, you know, he was, he was taught is not the thing that he needs mm-hmm. when he's older. What mm-hmm. he needs is the answer or the solution, not the, you know, it's not exactly that process. So at one point process is good, but we got to start breaking people away from just, this is the only way, mm-hmm. or this is the way I'm going to grade you. You know what I mean? The world needs some other variations that can still get us the result that we need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's the answer. Right. You, you know? Well, and I think something interesting and it, just to pull out of that is when you talk about math and science, people don't generally think about those as creative things. So people aren't looking at those, you know, thinking that creativity can't really lie in those STEM areas. But I mean, clearly it does. And it seems creativity and innovation, those are very similar. Those are very similar things. But I think a lot of times, especially because of how we're taught in school and because of how, you know, we are, we're taught even out of school, getting into certain careers and into certain um, types of industries we lose that focus on creativity because it's, well, you know, you're an engineer, so that's not really a creative field or you're in science. That's not a creative field. And we kind of say you creativity only, you know, exists in the arts. Right. So I think that's a really important thing to remember is that creativity and innovation kind of go hand in hand and that, um, we all have the ability to be creative and innovative no matter what career we choose and no matter what industry we're working in. Yeah. And with that, like, and I want to just piggyback on that, the, an Excel spreadsheet can be creative, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, we can't just limit it, as you said, to, you know, art, right. You know, like, Oh, that's creative. Well, no, creativity manifests in so many different ways. Um, you know, I read a book a long time ago by Madeline Langle, um, walk, um, I think it's walking on the water or walk on water. And one of the things that she found in her research and studies was that, you know, the older people get like, or older generations, like less than 10% of them operate with any level of high creativity. Mm-hmm. They just get into this flow, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know part of it is, is, you know, you know, Santa Claus up, oh, nope. You know, Easter Bunny, nope. <laughs> Unicorns, nope. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like all mm-hmm. these things that we just struggle with. And with when you're a kid, it's like you now this kid is left with reconciling the fact that you told me these were real and now you're saying they're not. Mm-hmm. But then as adults, then we start looking for all the things that people say aren't true instead of tapping into the high creativity, whether you know it's true or not, right. but just freeing yourself, being liberated to to discover, even if it is using some sort of alternative method mm-hmm. of thinking, you know, it's okay. That I think that's when what if is okay. Right. Where you can just say, what if? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what if? What if it never, I don't know, what if there was never a hurricane or bad weather? Mm-hmm. What if there was never an interruption to, I mean, it's okay. We know that that's not probably going to, that's not true. Right. You're still going to deal with things that are outside of your control. 
But what if you allow yourself to express and go down a road of thinking that that the 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 thoughts that you're having aren't really the it's not really the equation or the you know uh, the actual rule or anything that's going to you know come up with your answer. Mm -hmm. It's just the freedom to go down that path in order for you to push the boundaries of your mm -hmm. thinking to find something better. Right. You, you know what I mean? Just that exploration kind of. Right. And so I think, you know, the good question then is, you know, how do we as leaders help our team members to go down those paths? And how can leaders in, you know, companies or teams, whether you're working in nonprofit or volunteering, you know, Tim, how can how can they really inspire that within their teams? Well, the first thing is it begins with yourself. Always, you know, I'm fascinated with innovation, but it's the I part of the innovation that fascinates me most. It's human innovation. I love all this artificial intelligence. I think it's going to be all cool. But man, without a human being, it's just not the same. It's it's the commercial of the guy, you know, hand sanding a mold of, of a vehicle that's clay. Mm -hmm. You know, the machines are great, you know, and, and they, they do all this incredible, like 3D printing is amazing. But man, it's amazing what a human being does with a piece of clay. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how Etcher could draw, Escher could draw these lines and these illustrations with a pencil mm -hmm. in, in an arm, you know, with nerves. And he had to, con you know what I mean? Like, how did, how was the alignment in that to create such detail? And I believe that's the, that human part. So it starts with us mm -hmm. and then it's extended to everyone else. And so, you know, that first part of that, unmistakable isn't in the replication or imitation, you know, of, of performance plan, action, creation of another, but it lies in our ability to adapt, mm -hmm. you know, to adapt what we've learned and make it our own. So our ability to adapt what we've learned and make it our own is to me, one of those first steps. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, to go along with that, it's important. I mean, that the human element and in innovation and kind of knowing, tapping into your own personal creativity. But, you know, there, there's an eye in innovation, but there isn't an eye in team. And so if you are leading your team to be more creative and you're wanting them to tap into that outside the box thinking, there is huge power in others and in collaboration. And I think that, you know, you referred to it before, before and had a podcast even on it before, but the power of the other. Yeah, and it's it is the other knowing that you don't have power over them, nor do you put yourself under them. What you do is you put power into them. In other words, give your belief, lend that, lend your belief in inner genius and unmistakable to them. Mm -hmm. Like be there, like speak into that, you know, part of their life. Like be more of um, you know, a catalyst for them to to want to pursue you know, help them add, add value in order for them to activate mm -hmm. that type of mindset and thinking into what it is that they, you know, ultimately want to do, which I believe leads people to that pursuit of mastery, not perfection. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that's where most of us give up is we feel like we can't do it perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, um, I heard it says that, you know, you know, people that are, and I can't remember, so I'm going to butcher this. And so <laughs> we'll talk about it here, but let's find where it's accurate. But, you know, it's like this person that doesn't practice 
you know, until they get it right. They practice till they don't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? Yeah. And so in other words, they still know there's flaws in it, but they have enough repetition in something that they do it over and over and over and over and over. And it becomes a part of them. That's what we need more of. Simple things over and over again, mm-hmm. being empowered by a leader or someone that says, I believe in you, being a power, you know, the power of the other, this person that really is there to put power into your life, encouraging you to, you know, to tap into this and finding your, you know, your mastery uh, as a, as you know, this power of the other, mm-hmm. but you're the one doing the work. And, and just so you know, mastery, if you look at the definition, it's control or superiority over something. Right. But you, it can't just be mastery alone. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's not, it, you, you're just not going to get it. Right. So I like this little equation of intuition and rationale, or you can flip it. Rationale plus intuition helps you with you know, your mastery. Mm-hmm. So logical stuff. It's okay. Right. We don't want to just be out there in, you know, la la land. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we also want to have that intuition part. And that's, that's the part that's coming up through us. Our mind is giving us logical stuff. Our intuition is this thing that sits on this seat on the deeper parts of who we are, that mm-hmm. 0.1% that rises up and those two combine to help us toward our pursuit of mastery. And in that pursuit of mastery, it's really important for us to go into it with a growth mindset. So it's that whole idea of being really a lifelong learner, always trying to expand your thinking and, um, you know, just not settling for what the status quo is. And I, you know, I can't remember, I, I think it was the book um, by Lorraine, who was a guest that Lorraine you interviewed. Kwai, right? Lorraine Kwai. Yep. And, you know, she talks about, you know, one of the, one of the things that happens is um, rust out with yeah. Americans, especially with Americans. And basically what it is, is it's just settling for just accepting life as it is and just sort of going along with, you know, all you think that you can expect and never really expecting anything more than that. So it's it's kind of just getting lost in that idea of the, you know, running on that hamster wheel of life. So I think that making sure that you don't get, that you don't rust out, that you don't get caught in that trap and really always having that growth mindset and trying to be that lifelong learner. Rust sucks. Yeah, it does. When I, re- I, I, when <laughs> I read that quote rusty? about rust out and I know that she actually pulled it from another book, but I, it just really hit me because I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's worse than burnout because, yeah. because I mean, it's worse. Well, rust is basically, it's a, it's a complete deterioration of something right. that was one ha, that had integrity. It was integrous, mm-hmm. but because of everything that hits it, it's not properly coated or treated right. and it rusts out. Try to drive, try to drive a rusty bottom car right. and find your seat on the ground. One yeah. Day. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> basically know? saying, it's basically saying I'm fine with mediocre. Yeah. I'm good with that for the rest of my life. Now, you have an interesting story, which I know we didn't have any pre-discussion on this. <laughs> oh, boy. But no, for real, like not learning. And I remember you sharing a story with me about, you know, in your freshman year of college and, and you know, maybe not doing the best, going to a great school. Mm-hmm. And you were challenged by something that your father said. He, I think it was something like, yeah. Hey, you know what? Why don't you quit school and go after this right here? <laughs> right. Just be done with it. 
Well, that's a really nice way to share that story. Um, <laughs> well, I'm keeping all the details. I know. Because well, yeah, yeah. But it was basically, I mean, it's basically what he basically said was, if you want to go down this path and if you want to pursue this thing, what you need to look at is you, you need to look at where that road leads. And I mean, he basically said, you know, if you want to choose this losing path, you might as well drop out of school and just give up on life right now. Or you have the other choice. You can go a different direction and do all those things you can that you know you can achieve. Which and re- I know you can achieve. And it required you learning because everything else, what you were doing was already in your paradigm of understanding, mm-hmm. right? right? It was already there. It was a yeah. status quo for you. Right. There was no stretch. There was no challenge. Mm-hmm. There was no push. Right. But those statements rocked your world. Oh, yeah. And I remember you telling me that story. I was like, wow. That's like, <laughs> but I applaud that because that's what leaders do. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the father that does that, but leaders need to do that. Hey, if you have friends and you're listening to this podcast, don't just be the friend that goes, whatever makes you happy. Right. Like, that's the worst thing to say to a friend. Right. Challenge them. Yeah. You know, do you want your life to look like that? Right. Are you okay with that? And not just in this moment because it feels right. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about it. And let's talk about this in a week. Well, and I mean, I th- I think you're you're really almost delving into that whole idea of, you know, just accountability and accountability. You can have that on a team, but you can have that in a peer to peer relationship. You can have that, you know, in a familial relationship. But, you know, you're not telling someone this is a choice you need to make or this is a choice you're going to make. But you're challenging them to say, hey, look at where you're headed. (laughs) Look at where you're going. And and, you know, think outside of the box. Get yourself out of the mediocre. You're better than that. I know you're better than that. And helping to lift them over that. And I think what that does is it reminds me of, um, and that's part of the talk that um, I've been giving a lot is, you know, embrace that discipline to be the lifelong learner, right? Mm-hmm. But that movie Coach Carter, right, with with Samuel Jackson. And in that, you know, this is based on a, you know, a real life high school basketball coach. It was in Richmond High School in California. And in the movie, Coach Carter first arrives at the school. He says to these kids, I can't, I cannot teach you the game of basketball until your conditioning is at a level that allows me to do so. Mm-hmm. And he ran them like you're running. Right. You're going to work. Like, and he took them from worst to first, mm-hmm. which and, and here's the thing. We always put that as, oh, that's a one-time story. No, it happens all over the place. Right. The only problem is it goes back to the 99.9. Mm-hmm. We only hear 99.9% of the stories right. <laughs> that are out there. The 0.1%, there's a lot more right. of the unmistakable things that are taking place that are huge and have impact. But we tend to gravitate toward that. of similarity. Well, and isn't it interesting, too, with the 99.9% of similarity, there's that really similar statistic that pretty much everything that we do on a daily basis is out of habit. So it is something like 99% of the actions that we take every day as an adult is out of habit. So it's it's a really interesting correlation that, you know, habits, 99.9%, similarities, 99.9%. So tapping into that 0.1% to break outside of your habits, do something different to dive into that creativity. And you know what's cool about that is um, I like the blank piece of paper stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, nothing listens better than a blank piece of paper. Most people, you give them a blank piece of paper. They're like, what do you want me to do? Right. Give me some instruction. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you want me to say. (laughs) Buy them a notebook and say, hey, I bought you a journal. Right. Then like a journal, I was hoping that you'd get me tickets to like the Braves baseball game. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Or they open it and they sit there and they stare at it. Yeah. Maybe they write a couple sentences and like, okay, I'm putting that away. Right. So if I were to come to you and say, hey, Megan, I got this. It's got a cool little illustration on it. You know, some kind of Fantasia type animals or whatever (laughs) fantasy stuff. And I said, hey, here's like, you know, 48 colors. Mm -hmm. And hey, give these to your girls. And you said to your girls, go to your room and here, here's this notebook. And there's nothing on the pages. And here's 48 colors. Yeah. And you went back to the room in 30 minutes, what would you have? <laughs> they would all be completely colored. There would be a lot of some real words, some not real words. Um, but this is like, that's my daily life. That pretty much happens every day. I lose 20 sheets of blank paper a day in my house. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's incredible. And they come back and they see things, they've drawn things that they tell me about. And they just share those stories with me. And they have a whole story to go along with all the coloring and all the drawing. Right. And what we discover, though, in most of our daily lives, as the older we get, blank pieces of paper scare us, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, why can't we write on them? And why is there no story? And we all have one. Everyone has a story. I mean, are we afraid to write it? Like, what's the deal? Like, are we afraid to reveal it, to tell it? Have we not even spent time to come in contact with it? Because it's like we're always moving, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I love that when people say, you know, move, you got to move, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's the thing, move, movement, you got to be moving. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, move with purpose, right. move with understanding, right. move with, you know, depth, you know, and with some thought. Once again, it's not perfection. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for this mastery thing mm-hmm. that it's my life. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm moving through this life. And I'm collecting all this information. I'm collecting the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and I have a picture and right. a story. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, um, you know, one thing that, that we've been um, doing actually, Tim, and I don't know how, how many people that you know know this. So Tim and I have been doing um, the Mastery Journal uh, from John Lee Dumas. And I know that for me, one of the things that I'm learning is, and I think, Tim may have brought this up in the first podcast that we did together. Um, I'm have a tendency and I always have to be a bit of a perfectionist. So it's like, okay, I did really well there, but I know I can do better. Or I know that I could tweak this and make it just a little bit better. And so one of the things that I'm really realizing for me is um, the importance for me to embrace who I am and my whole self, bring my whole self into the things that I'm doing and also, you know, embrace those scars and and show off those imperfections because those imperfections are what make me unique. And those are the things that are the areas um, that, you know, help to show me where my unmistakable is. And I and and I, I know how f- you can just be so afraid mm-hmm. of just. Ooh. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? well, you, it's like you, when you, you tried to knock me down. So we were we went to this conference <laughs> and. Megan tried to push me down into a hole. Yeah, that didn't happen. It did. And I was walking and it was a hole there. And the cool thing is for me mm-hmm. is that I don't want to be embarrassed. So, oh, I tripped and I stumbled. But did I touch the ground? Nope. No. Nope. 
<laughs> but we but we all go through this stuff, right? Yeah. It's in other words, I'm just showing like that's how we are. Like yeah. people fall like I meant to do that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like you spring back up to your yeah. feet. And it's okay, but it's like at the same time you've got to learn to look and laugh at that. And I'll never forget, this was not too long ago. I went through this weird, well, not too long ago was, I guess a good while ago, but I was like 24, 25. And I, I don't know what it was. And, um, I think it was a reflection of what I was trying to do on the inside. I was trying to, I was trying to fix flaws. Mm -hmm. I was trying to like do all this, you know, repair, Mm -hmm. you know, like the John Mayer song, I'm in repair, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not together, but I'm getting there. Right. So, and it's good. That was a good goal, but I was riding one of my, I had a mountain bike and I happened to be, and I was in South Carolina. So there's red dirt for those of you who don't know anything about South Carolina. It's just the, it's red mud clay, right? It's Mm -hmm. just red and it stains everything (laughs) to it's ridiculous. It's horrible. And so I was riding this bike and I'm a good, I can ride a bike. I used to borrow bikes without permission. (laughs) So I'm good at riding bikes. So um, I'm kicking it on this bike and I'm doing all this stuff, going through these hills, up these trails, doing all this stuff. And I don't know how I I was on flat land and I saw this puddle and I was going to ride through the puddle. As soon as I hit the puddle, I hit the puddle. I mean, I literally went down and I was covered in red clay, dirt and mud. Mm -hmm. See, I hated being that dirty. Then it hit, then, but for me, I started laughing. I sat in the puddle. I was by myself. <laughs> Nobody was with me. And I just cracked up and I laughed. And it was almost like that red clay and that dirt. I pretty much threw away everything I had on mm-hmm. when I get, you know, I was like, this is not even, I'm not even trying to watch this. Mm-hmm. But it did something for me. It broke me out of this thing of, you know, having it all together and this, this perfection and, and as I'm fixing flaws, I'm going to, I'm going to find new mm-hmm. ones and I'm going to create, I'm going to create some flaws mm-hmm. in the midst of this process. So it was kind of like being okay with yeah. getting dirty. Well, and I think that that takes us right into, I mean, with a leader and when you're talking about how you, how you bring these things out of your team, you know, you have to create an environment where people, where there's trust and where people are going to feel safe enough to share their unmistakable and to share that creativity. Because I mean, collaboration, it's, you know, the willingness to be vulnerable with other people. You have to be vulnerable if you're going to truly collaborate with other people. So I think that's where... You know, if if you don't have that type of an environment where people do feel safe to share those creative ideas, because they're not all going to be good. They're not all going to be great ideas. I mean, is it is it Edison who I mean, he had however many um, it was like thousands, right? Oh, it was thousands. Yeah, thousands of failed experiments. For one experiments. thing that works. <laughs> yeah, before he got one thing that worked. So uh, so I think that that is super important um, when you're trying to foster this in a team. And I think in a team also it says, I need you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I'm better with you than I am without you. Right. You know, one is too small of a number to accomplish anything of any great significance, you know? So, well, let's do this. There are eight things that we want to give um, you know, our listeners today, mm-hmm. we want to give you eight things to just help you along the way of tapping into your, um, unmistakable, your inner genius, this 0.1%, like these are things that we hope that you will tap into 
um, use as a conduit, as a way to bring them from the inside out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, let's just go through them. Yeah. So the first one is just having that desire to touch, feel, interact, and engage with the world around you. So that whole idea of what Tim just said, you know, don't be afraid to get dirty. You know, go out there and, and, you know, just really want to experience the world around you and, um, and really take it all in and allow the things that you see and that you experience, allow those things in, you know, don't, don't look at things and say, Oh, you know, I'm not a creative person. So I can't sit here and just watch this sunset. I mean, take it in. Right. And you have two parts. Well, there's more than one, two parts of your brain, but there are two major parts that we use that are left in our right brain. You don't operate with just one of them. You operate with both. One may have more dominance over the other, but hey, let there be a left brain, let there be a right brain, but let them mix and mingle. And treat that the same way when you engage other people. That person may be more left brain and you're more right brained, but come to the table and make room mm -hmm. so the unmistakable can happen. So that is number one. So number two, be present with people who inspire. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites is like, I want to be around people that inspire me. I mm -hmm. don't care who, where they come from, what they do. I just think that's what we need more of. We just need to be around more inspirational conversation, not around just stuff that is just so tense and just so, I don't know. Just, I feel like some of the things that we get ourselves in these negative conversations and things that we're around, or it's that it won't work. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. I've tried it. All these things, you know, listen, if you say you've tried everything, you haven't. Right. <laughs> so like get around more and be, around, be inspired to mm -hmm. just get, just kind of dislodge from just a total, I think, um, uh, it thwarts your purpose when you're just such a fixed minded person. You're, mm -hmm. It's okay to set your mind on a goal and be mm -hmm. fixed, right? but you need flex right. in order to, to get to the fixed goal. Mm -hmm. Be flexible as you go with a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. And then number three, embrace creative daring. And, you know, I think for me as someone, I'm, I am very much a process person. Um, and I like to have things a certain way, but it's really that, um, you know, not everything has to be so predictable. And so be willing to, um, be willing and not only be willing to take a chance, but be willing and then leap and really dive into your own creativity. That is, there's nothing better than that, is there? Oh. I mean, it's just a fun thing to do just mm -hmm. you know embrace it yeah like pull it in give it a big old hug <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah um number four enjoy blank sheets of paper mm -hmm. you know get a blank journal what what do you know about me when it comes to a, a notebook um, Tim has lots of different notebooks. So he is journaling and he has different journals for different things. So, I mean, so depending on what it is, you know, where he's at and what he's working on, he's, he's got a pen or pencil in hand. Right. And do I like lines? <laughs> no, no, I don't. And I'm learning though, because my son gave me a journal on my birthday last year mm -hmm. and I literally, because it was a gift from him and I thought it was special and it was a moleskin, which I love, mm -hmm. but he gave me one that had lines and I was like, I was like, Gave me a line journal. <laughs> Does he not know me? You know, it's just like, but instead I broke away from that. Right. And I just, I write in the lines. Now mm -hmm. it's a mess. Right. It doesn't look good at all. It is the ugliest stuff inside of it, but I'm using it, but I love the blank pages. And I feel as we mentioned about kids, you know, pieces mm -hmm. of paper and here's your colors. And even if you just have one color, mm -hmm. what will you create? And what story right. do you have with it? 
Well, and I think, you know, even to go along with that, you always say, you know, nothing listens better than a blank piece of paper. So, I mean, if you're, no matter, you know, what's on your mind, whether you have, you know, a creative thought or an idea or, you know, maybe you just feel overwhelmed, the best thing you can do is just sit down, you know, get those thoughts out on paper and, you know, you can be a great coach to yourself just by helping to organize those thoughts and and just getting them out of your head. Absolutely. And number five, cross your own boundaries. So I love this one. I mean, I, I think that this is such a great thing. Um, you know, in the, in the intro, um, Tim said, admit one of his three wishes was, you know, people admit that they have, you know, everyone has their own biases. I think that's what you said. Um, but cross your own boundaries, get outside of the things that make you comfortable, put yourself in situations where you're sitting face to face with somebody who has a complete opposite opinion of you and really be open minded and willing to hear what they're thinking and, and, you know, just push yourself beyond what's comfortable. Right. And there's a quote by Albert Einstein that says that he said, great spirits have always encountered opposition from mediocre minds. Mm hmm. I love that. Okay. And number six, develop your grit. Yeah. I have a de- definition I'd like to give for grit because okay. there is a great book called Grit mm-hmm. that I think people should read. Is it mm-hmm. Amy Whitaker? No, um, sure. no, Amy. Oh gosh, I'm messing it up. We'll put it in the show notes, but there's a book <laughs> called Grit and it's really good. But here's a definition I'd like to share with you. Here's what grit is. So you got to develop the grit, but it develops when you continually place yourself in uncomfortable situations and learn to get comfortable in those spots to emerge on the other side of them with a few scars. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful to me. Yeah. Like that's grit, you know? Yeah. It's Angela Duckworth. Angela Duckworth. We have it. <laughs> and it'll be in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and then number seven, leverage repetition. Yeah. Like Coach Carter, mm-hmm. they ran those suicide sprints. They had to go back and forth and back and forth and back. It's repetition. Right. Anyone that's like in, in, you know, from a golfer who just constantly is putting and constantly is driving a quarterback that's just throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. It's like a person, instead of just talking about writing the book, just mm-hmm. write. Right. No one has to read it until, you know, until your book's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Just write, like leverage the repetition, do it over and over. Yeah. And as it goes along with, you know, tapping into that unmistakable and that inner genius, you know, keep working on that and keep working towards that. So do things, you know, maybe it's not every day, but you know, at least once a week, do things that help you to dig into that. And then we, and if we don't dig, mm-hmm. we're never going to discover, right. you know, anything worth finding, you, you got to dig for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you want a better, more out of you, you got to dig. You want treasure? You got to dig. Mm-hmm. People are walking around the beach with those things, you know. <laughs> you know, people find. Oh yeah, it's amazing what people find. It's like going to one of those like estate sales or some yard sale or or some jockey lot kind of like <laughs> thing in a big flea market, and someone finds this thing, and next thing you know, they're on the road show, and they go, "Right, yeah, that's worth like ninety five thousand dollars." And you're I mean? like, "Oh, oh I paid twenty five cent for this," <laughs> but they dug through something. Right, most people won't take the time to dig. Yeah. The treasure is all around you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And then uh, last but not least, number eight, embrace pressure as a privilege. Yeah, this is one of my favorite ones. And pressure, I mean, I have a lot of other things. I'm not going to go into that. Maybe I'll save that for another episode of what I used to think privilege was. But pressure as a privilege is a is an important thing. I think we all share it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, nothing grows without pressure. You put If you want to grow something that's a seed, it's got to be put in the ground. It's got to experience pressure. 
it's got to, and there's a skin on it, and mm-hmm. it has to be broken. And that once that skin is busted, then what's inside can come out. Mm-hmm. And 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 maybe there's generations of what comes out. You know, it takes time to get you know it better and better and better. That's what we need to do. Is we need to constantly be as teams. As leaders, put if I'm a leader, I want to put a team in a situation to where they experience pressure. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about self-imposed pressure. No. You know what I mean? Like where you're just making problems for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the pressure of the situation. Like in other words, embrace the obstacle. Right. Experience that obstacle. Let that happen. Right. You know what I mean? And just let your skin be broken mm-hmm. to to reveal that essence, that deeper inner thing that can come out. And you know what? Maybe the first round's not the best one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But seeds only produce of its kind. Right. But we can get better with it. You know, we can cultivate it. We can make it better. Mm-hmm. So don't view it as the first fruit. If the first fruit doesn't, if it's not the best for you yet, it's okay. You know, replant this, mm-hmm. you know, take the seed from what it is that you grew and, and reinvest and put it back in again and let pressure once again be your privilege. And it's what we all share. And if we can meet and collaborate and 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 work together with that mentality and mm-hmm. that type of spirit, that's the privilege that we both share. Mm-hmm. We're, there's no disadvantage there. Well, I think that this has been you know an awesome, awesome conver- uh, conversation. And I think that those eight things are wonderful ways that you can be tapping into your inner genius and really be um, getting into your 0.1%. Heck yeah, 0.1%. I like it. <laughs> That's a number I'm proud of, 0.1%. It seems 0.1%. so tiny, doesn't it? I know. It's so tiny. But you think of Steve Jobs, 0.1%. Right. Elon Musk, 0.1%. 0.1%. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Think of your neighbor. There's a neighbor. There's somebody on your street that is operating in their 0.1%. It doesn't have to be visible, you know, seen on TV and all this other stuff. Lin-Manuel Miranda, Mm 0.1%. You know, with with Hamilton, Mm -hmm. you know, people that are doing all of these things that are unmistakable and they're out there. But but everyone listening, you have that same story. They're not better than us. They're, they're, they're not greater than us. Mm-hmm. I think they just chose to tap into that 0.1%. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening to another episode of Uphill Conversations. Remember that you can find us on Twitter at Uphill Convo. Uh, also, make sure that you follow us on our or like us on our Facebook page and stay up to date with that. Um, And that you subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher. And of course, we always want to hear from you. So connect with us on any of those channels, or you can always email us, uh, Megan at Uphill Convo. Sorry, Megan at UphillConversations.co or Tim at UphillConversations.co. And don't forget to check out our new podcast, UCYP. Mm -hmm. It's all for young professionals. Yes. Where we want to build a bridge. Right. Yes. Um, Between generations, we want to help with them communicate this Mm -hmm. extraordinary message that they have and then ultimately see them lead. And last but not least, uh, make sure that you check out um, our Uphill Strategies website. Um, It's uphillstrategies.co. And um, you can go on there and you can um, find out more about Tim as a speaker and see some of that information, but also all the great stuff we're doing um, with companies in leadership and team development. Well, remember, you can be more, do more, and have more. And most importantly, you will see Megan and me, hey, on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.